I'm Henry from Fortress on a Hill. We're a leftist veteran podcast that aims to expose the reality of the U.S. military's many wars abroad, the horror that it puts on the people that live in those places, and the damage that military service does to Americans. Congress has abdicated its role, giving oversight to the military. Fortress on a Hill aims to change that. Fortressonahill.com or wherever you get your podcast. Now, back to Lions Led by Donkeys. This is Democracy Now! I'm Amy Goodman with Juan Gonzalez. We end today's show looking at a shocking new investigation that reveals the United Arab Emirates hired U.S. mercenaries to carry out assassinations of political and clerical leaders in Yemen. The former elite U.S. special operations fighters were paid to take part in missions to kill those deemed to be terrorists by the UAE. The UAE worked with the U.S. company Spear Operations Group, founded by an Israeli-American man named Abraham Golan, who told BuzzFeed, quote, there was a targeted assassination program in Yemen. I was running it. The group's first target in Yemen was a local leader of al-Islah, a political party whose members include Nobel Peace Prize laureate Tawakel Carmen. We go now to Washington, D.C. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Lines Led by Donkeys podcast. I'm Joe, and with me today, as always, for this series, is our, is our show's favorite Azuri nationalist, Travis. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hola, us. Wait, no, that's not Azerbaijani. Yeah, close enough, right? No, no. Uh, <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> Uh, if you've been joining us for this series, and why would you be listening to part three without listening to the other two? Uh, you've heard us. Yeah, maybe they just like to live dangerously. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. I guess I'll like Harry Potter in book seven. <laughs> yeah, it won't make a lot of sense, but hey, you do you, man. Uh, <laughs> we've talked about the, the horrible history of Yemen and how we got to where we are today. Uh, we talked about His Excellency uh, General Steve and uh, his mercenary helicopter army. And we talked about Mike Hinmarsh, the former Australian commander of the Special Air Service. He was now the commander of the UAE's Presidential Guard. Um, and so we... Also talked about how the two mercenaries slash foreign officers accepted untold amounts of money to commit war crimes on behalf of the United Arab Emirates. Um, and if you know history, you know no mercenary commander is good without a mercenary army. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Oh, boy. And since this is the year 2019 and we're talking about mercenary armies, we're going to talk about Eric Prince. Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> For for anybody who has been living under the, under a rock since around 2003, uh, Eric Prince was the founder of Blackwater International, a former U.S. Navy SEAL, and the patron state of pieces of shit everywhere. Uh, he is also the brother of the current Department of Education head, uh, Betsy DeVos. Um, so... Famous owner of 10 dogs. Yeah, uh, the DeVos family uh, can go fuck itself. And I I think I speak for everybody from Michigan and now the United States in the (laughs) Middle East when I say that. Um, Yeah. What's Blackwater called these days? uh, So after the... So after the... Some to hear war crime thing, yeah, but it's mostly like the to hear square massacre, I believe it was called. Um, where they actually had several Blackwater mercenaries get thrown in prison for you know cold blood murder. I believe it changed to a to Z, like XI or or something like that. XE, it was XE, yeah, yeah. And then it went to academy with an I, and I think it's still academy. Okay, that would make sense. Yeah, they just try to change their name to run away from, um, you know, War crimes. crimes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Also, there was a, a fun uh, little episode there where Eric Prince at once attempted to weaponize a, Cess- a Cessna plane, which is illegal. Um, and he also purchased a country's navy. Uh, as an African country, I believe it was like Mozambique or something. Just, <laughs> just bought the whole navy. Uh, Jesus. Also, uh, just I want to butt in here and remind people that the the, the war crimes that Blackwater did in Iraq was they were. Uh, guarding like a building or something and some dumbass like grunt on top of a blackwater vehicle got uh, scared because there was a big crowd and the group of blackwater mercenaries unloaded on the crowd with uh, 
50 caliber machine guns and uh, Mark 19 automatic grenade launchers, as well as small arms, and uh, killed like a couple dozen people, I think. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's why that's why people don't. You know, and they did they did a few other things, and the management of Blackwater was notoriously like horrifically negligent towards its uh, contractors. Um, now, uh, the, that's the thing about military contractors; they attract people of all colors. Where you get people like we've had guests on, like Dermot Cosgrove, the former uh, Foreign Legionnaire. Uh, he is an interesting character where he is. Solidly leftist, but also knows it's what he's good at because he's been doing it since he's been a teenager. Uh, but then you also have like unhinged former Navy SEAL types who shoot innocent people and you get both of them. Like, because yeah. I believe at the peak you're making thousands of dollars a month. Um, okay. Like we're going to talk about uh, later how much uh, a different group was paying its shady death squads. But um like there's a lot of positions within Blackwater that were not uh, directly related to carrying firearms and things like that. So Blackwater is like huge organization, and um, like they they made their employees sign like non disclosure agreements, and if you spoke out against anything that Blackwater did, uh, they'd sue you for like ten million dollars, something like obscene like that. <laughs> and if at any point you refused to follow orders, you'd be fired. Um, and like the the termination policy was like some obscene uh, forfeiture of money that they owed you. Uh, also, if you died while working for Blackwater and your spouse attempted to um, sue you or your next of kin attempted to sue Blackwater uh, for negligence, they just take everything you owned. And that was something like you signed away. It was like not yes. not reading the terms of and conditions of a fucking iTunes thing. Um, yeah. But... Uh, Unfortunately, we're not talking about Blackwater all the time today, but we are talking about more about Eric Prince because he was technically, technically no longer working for Blackwater Academy or Z or whoever the fuck you want to call him. Um, he started a new company. Um, now, Prince and his horrible company ran into problems years before the Yemeni Civil War kicked off. Uh, after, like uh, Travis talked about, numerous Iraqi civilians uh, were, were murdered and Blackwater and some DynCor contractors were also pretty heavily connected to trafficking sex slaves. Yeah. Um, but that is actually, if you look into DynCorp, that, and they've, they've been around the world much longer than Black, Blackwater had, uh, that is something that follows them everywhere they go. Yeah. Um, uh, DynCorp is South African, right? Uh, no. So technically, there is no South African private military contractors anymore. Right, right, right. Technically. <laughs> because of the actions of uh, executive outcomes, uh, the Republic of South Africa banned them uh, from, from yeah, incorporating within uh, South Africa. Because they were, I mean, one, they became a number one employer of uh, apartheid era war criminals. And uh, they suddenly became terrified that they'd want to overflow, overthrow the new majority black government. So they just banned them all. Uh, <laughs> Probably a good move. Yeah. Uh. yeah I'm going to say it's a solid move on the ANC's part. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Eric Prince had a bit of a poisoned reputation at this point. Not that he couldn't get work, but he could no longer get like the unbidded tens of billions of dollars government contracts anymore. So he had to go abroad. And that was in 2009. He took his ass to UAE where they were trying to build an army, just in case the Arab Spring swept through the region. Uh, <laughs> Prince's unit included just about anybody who would pull a trigger for a paycheck. This included shamed mercs from other com uh, companies like Executive Outcomes. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, they were the... So, how this new, co this new company was going to work is they were going to uh, hire... Um, Third country nationals, which is a term uh, used to mean people who are from less developed nations and work for very little money uh, to keep the overhead low. And they were going to hire people like the white South Africans from executive outcomes to do the training. So you only have to hire like 12 of them and uh, keeps the overhead low. Um, and uh, so because Eric Prince cannot help but be like comically evil, these also included members of the Sud Sudanese John Jaweed. Uh, oh, great. Otherwise known as the genocidal militia that carried out the Darfur genocide. Yeah. <laughs> um, and those were the trainers. <laughs> um, 
But when the UA stuck its nose out in the wild, wild world of proxy wars in Yemen, they found themselves seriously lacking an actual army to do, you know, war stuff. Uh, so they did what they always did uh, to solve their problem. They poured money into it. And this is actually, uh, so I got, somebody slid in my DMs after our last episode, and I feel like this is a good place to point it out. Uh, and they said that we were wrong in saying that Mattis was wrong in calling UAE little Sparta, uh, but not the reasons that Mattis probably thought about. Uh, he was probably trying to talk about being like a warrior culture or something. But uh, the UAE, it really is kind of little Sparta because it's uh, a small center of of actual UAE Emirati citizens uh, supported by a massive network of slavery. Uh, so yeah. that's probably not what Mattis was going for uh, because he was talking <laughs> about an ally. He's like, he probably wasn't like, yeah, those <laughs> slaves though, right? Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Although at the at the rate the current politics are going in ten years, will be like hell yeah, they're a slave state. Like yeah. that's fucking cool. Yeah, by like twenty thirty, there's gonna be a stump speech saying we need to be more like the UAE and, <laughs> and enslave brown people and arrest women for having sex outside of marriage. <laughs> oh, uh, by then, Kurdistan will be significantly more progressive than the United States. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't count on that, buddy. <laughs> Things aren't going too great here either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so at first, Prince was hired to build a small army of about 800 people. That quickly exploded into several thousand in only a matter of years. So according to the uh, New York Times, the UA paid Prince and his company around a half a billion dollars for the service. Around 40 million of that directly went to paying fines related that uh, came with breaking international law in order to build a mercenary army. <laughs> so... <laughs> Wait, they got fined $40 million for building a mercenary army? Yes. Uh, Eric Prince personally got fined that much. <laughs> Wait, by who? Uh, I don't know. I'm assuming like Interpol or something. <laughs> I bet he didn't pay a cent. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he's like, yeah, I totally have $40 million in uh, things to pay. Uh, just just give me the money and I'll take care of it, bro. <laughs> I mean, it's the UAE. Like, they are, like the, being the UAE's accountant. Has to yeah. be like trying to teach like a 17 year old army private how to budget. <laughs> like, no, 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 you can't spend $400 a month unless you don't have the money. And like, yeah, I'm going to do it anyway. Well, see, the difference is a brand new army private might blow their like their en like enlistment bonus on like a car with shitty mods or like a strip club or something. Uh, but the UAE blows their equivalent of an enlistment bonus on uh, a slave army, genocide, and uh, like building islands that they like put artificial ski slopes on when it's 130 <laughs> degrees outside. Not just any so, islands, palm tree shaped islands, sir. <laughs> yeah, it's great because the Emirates. See, okay, I just want to give a little bit of a. Uh, like, um, you know, this, these last three, ep three episodes have been really depressing, but just to like raise the morale of the audience, I'm going to remind people that within probably 50 years, the Emirates are going to be completely uninhabited due to climate change because like the average temperatures during the summer will probably be like 150 degrees Fahrenheit. So like, you know, karma. It's going to be like them hosting the... Um that's Qatar that's hosting the uh, the yeah. World Cup. But the, the UAE is going to be like, but don't worry. We have this plan to build outdoor air conditioners everywhere <laughs> we go. And they're going to they're gonna be held on chest rigs by slaves that just follow you around <laughs> at all times. And then Mattis is going to be like, mother of God, that's brilliant. That's <laughs> <laughs> and then a bunch of like an obnoxious Marines on Facebook, like liberal Marines and army soldiers will be like, you know what? He may have worked for Trump and he may have like personally executed a Yemeni child uh, <laughs> in order to like feed like the uh, the sheikh of Dubai. But you know what? He's the philosopher monk. So like, <laughs> I love that man. God bless you, Amir Mattis. <laughs> uh, so uh, Eric Prince is building a army of thousands um, in a country that, like we said before, is mostly a small core of very, very rich citizens and a large amount of indentured servants and slaves. Um, so where do you think he got these soldiers? Just a spitball. Um, well, you, you mentioned Janjaweed, so Sudan, um, and then probably based on, 
how a lot of mercenary armies go, it's going to be places like Democratic Republic of the Congo, uh, Central African Republic, uh, Niger. Those are all good choices. Nigeria, Senegal, places like that. Those are all really good choices. Um, And if we're talking about DynCore, you'd be 100% correct. Um, But so Eric Prince, if, um, if we didn't, underline this enough is a terrible racist and an islamophobe uh, fair, fair. um so he employed people from the janjaweed to train which is troubling in itself but uh the the goal was not for them to fight okay uh, same goes for the white south africans and the other europeans that showed up they're too precious <clears throat> to waste right um so prince went to latin america uh nice. so uh among the countries where he picked people from was panama el salvador chile but the majority came from Colombia. Uh, Prince's co- uh, company was now known as Reflex Responses, did little to <laughs> no vetting of the people they were recruiting for this. Uh, now, if, if you are unfamiliar with Latin American history, and especially Colombia, Colombia has a very rich history of armed rebel groups, narco-terrorists, and gangs. You could see yeah, this could be a problem. <laughs> and like right-wing death squads. Yeah. Guess how many of those people ended up uh, taking a large payday to run off to the Middle East and not get arrested by the Colombian government. Uh, too many. <laughs> uh, so, why did Prince go to Latin America to build his army? Because, as Prince said, quote, Muslims cannot be trusted to kill Muslims, and Western soldiers would cost too much money. I mean, is he, like, literally stupid? <laughs> Has he not observed, like, the last, like, I don't know, couple of decades or millennia of history? Like, there's been plenty of wars in the Muslim world, just like there's been plenty of wars when white people just like slaughtered the shit out of each other. So like he's he's like literally so racist that like I, I don't even I don't even have a good joke because that's just like an obscene level of racism. That's, he doesn't like, like, honestly like, hilarious. Yeah, like he's so dumb because uh, remember Blackwater was heavily involved in a horrible sectarian civil war in Iraq. Muslims will yeah, definitely exactly. kill Muslims, especially for money. Anybody will kill people for money. He's got to find the right poor people. And like, yeah. and he says um, Western soldiers would want too much money. But also another part, uh, it wasn't a direct quote, but it was noted um, to his recruiters that he should not hire Westerners because white people would draw too much attention. Um <laughs> Yeah, uh, like a dead white guy in in Yemen would look really bad. And, you know, as dumb and racist as Eric Prince is, he's absolutely right. Uh, um, And this goes back to something that me and Nick have talked about a few times where Muslims and brown people are the less than dead. Um, Yeah. In this case, it's Latin American uh, people. But, like, you know, as weird and noteworthy as as it is, where, um, like, say a company of El Salvadoran mercenaries get overran and fucking ate and nobody would give a shit. I'd be like, yeah. oh, that's weird. What are they doing over there? And then they just move the fuck on. But if Billy from Kansas gets murked, like, <laughs> that shit's headline news. Yeah. No, that's uh, fair. I mean, and, and a good example of this is, um, is something we'll talk about later is now sw- switch out all of the races of the people we're talking about to some dude from Colombia and ask yourself, does anybody care? Um, yeah. But that thing about race and, 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 and ethnicity was literally the only rule when it came to the hiring process. Um, yeah. So thousands of Latin Americans were soon being bussed into a remote military base built for Prince's new army by the UAE. Uh, and they were all disguised as construction workers to begin training. Yeah. <laughs> they got off a UAE chartered military uh, jet and were given like fake overalls and hard hats and shit. <laughs> 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 why even bother at that point <laughs> right Jesus. it's not like anyone's gonna care anyway no nobody ever gave a shit about this the only people who gave a shit were like the uae and they were afraid that the, the latin americans might escape from their base and go into the <laughs> uae uh, so once they're in the country to the surprise of almost nobody the uae took their passport so they couldn't leave they were then given amrati id cards uniforms and ranks and were officially inducted into the uae's armed forces <laughs> so the the emirati like the the top languages in the emirati army are uh, number one spanish Uh, (laughs) number two english with like a heavy south african accent yes Uh, (laughs) and then like number three is australian accented english (laughs) uh arabic at like a distant 10 (laughs) 
Oh, it's not even an official language anymore. Uh, the soldiers were allowed, uh, so the soldiers were only allowed outside of their barracks for training, uh, and then afterwards they were quickly locked back inside. Uh, as far as barracks, they were pretty much shipping containers. Oh my god. Metal shipping containers in the middle of the desert. That's horrible. One of the hired soldiers, a guy named Cal Racone from Columbia, said they didn't even have windows to look out of. Uh, <laughs> many of Reflex Responses trainers who contacted for the article, uh, were uh, admit that they're special forces guys from around the world. Uh, they noted that Prince told them they would be getting an army of former soldiers and cops and would, and they would require little training. Their truth was, however, most of them have never even fired a gun before. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I, I'd be interested to know like how they got recruited. Like, did they have these uh, like PMC guys like trolling through like villages? And- yes columbia or something and saying like oh if you sign here we'll give you like a thousand dollar signing bonus and then it's like you know two thousand dollars a month and pretty much work like you know it's just one year or something like that um pretty much what from what i could gather is uh prince would pay local handlers to find out of work men uh military aged men some of whom were cops like uh that cal Racone guy he was a former columbia uh, columbian federal police officer but he was like in his 40s um and they got a lot of people like that but also like that tapped out pretty fast so then they would just pick up any military age male with the promise of a lot of money which i mean what they were paying was a lot of money for uh you know a slum in Colombia or uh, el salvador or wherever um but then they never were allowed to return so like uh, that began to affect retention uh, I can imagine. Yeah, like word spread like, hey, my husband was supposed to be home four months ago and we haven't heard <laughs> shit. Um, also, uh, part of the benefits uh, were like if they finished their contract, they were uh, allowed uh, residency visas in the UAE uh, along with their family. Uh, and if they died, uh, their kids would get free college education. Okay. Yeah. So the, the the UAE talked to the Department of Defense on that one. <laughs> uh, so when Prince promised the UAE a private, highly trained army, he gave them and said a gaggle of randos. Uh, <laughs> when word began to trickle back to the Latin American countries that they had been poached from, uh, quick, uh, Prince quickly ran out of new recruits. Uh, nobody wanted to sign up for the desert prison. Yeah. Um, and not to mention his uh, mercenary army quickly began to fall apart. As they got injured, uh, they began to get drunk and high instead of trained, and some of them simply <laughs> ran off into the desert. <laughs> Why didn't they, like, rebel or something? I, I mean, I'd assume the weapons would be under the control of, like, the, the South African guys or something like that. Yeah. Uh, once they found out what, ha- what, were, what was happening, uh, so the trainers pretty much stopped training them because they realized it was pointless. Like, it was way more than um, they signed up for. So they effectively ran a, a prison camp in the desert. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, that did not mean, however, that Prince's army was awash. Uh, we do not know exactly how many of them went off to fight in Yemen or how many of them were wounded or killed, but we do know what happened. Uh, in 2015, Sabah News reported that Houthi rebels uh, had been surprised to find out that the unit they were fighting was made up of nothing but Colombians and led by a Frenchman. They found this out by finding their corpses. Jesus. Uh, So that is uh, as much as we know about Eric Prince's private army. Uh, But they are far from the only foreign mercenaries fighting in Yemen. Which brings us to the uh, the Navy SEAL death squad that uh, of all people BuzzFeed broke the story on. Uh, And because of BuzzFeed laid everybody off. The guy who wrote the story is probably unemployed. So thanks for your research while BuzzFeed was cool. (laughs) Yeah. RIP to a real one. Yeah. Uh, This time it was a company called Spear Operations Group, a company that is literally so shady. There's nothing about them anywhere other than a sexual harassment complaint from a few years ago. (laughs) (laughs) That is is remarkably fitting, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if BuzzFeed tried to look too hard into them but i did like i try to google like even um the most shady pmcs will have like a facebook page or a linkedin yeah. or a website spear doesn't have any of that shit <laughs> the only I thing mean, i could find was like court filings 
that's they're probably like a front then like not like a real that is most people's uh belief as well uh (laughs) whether it's a front for like the cia the dod or just like another company is i mean that's the big question i guess well so far what anybody could figure out is it was incorporated in delaware by a guy named abraham golan uh, and Golan's background changes depending on which story he's telling. Uh, in some of them, he was a French foreign legionnaire. Um, in others, he was Mossad. So as our one legionnaire uh, member of the audience can tell you, it is really easy to disprove somebody being a French foreign legionnaire. Uh, it's kind of like being a Green Beret in the U.S. Army where everybody knows everybody. And if nobody's ever heard of you, you were never in it. Uh, right. And that is as far as Golan's background in the legion. <laughs> um <laughs> The Mossad, no yeah, no, nobody's ever claimed to serve next to Abraham Golan in the Legion, which means uh, he probably wasn't in it. Also, the the fact that he can't speak French also sticks out. Oh, yeah, you definitely have to speak French. At least passing. <laughs> you have to at least know conversational French. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the story that he is somehow connected to the Mossad, uh, sure, why not? Um, yeah, nobody's ever been able to disprove it, but also he seems very incompetent to be a member of the <laughs> Mossad. Uh, yeah. But we do know is that he was something of a psychopath. Uh, as one of the people hired by him described him as, quote, the guy you call when you need someone to do crazy shit. <laughs> um, so if you were to uh, guess who would be the least likely person to team up with someone who might possibly be an agent of the Mossad to start a death squad company. Who do you think it would be? Um, well, based on the theme of this episode, I'm going to assume it's the government of the United Arab Emirates. <laughs> well, you'd be partially correct, but also the other, the guy who owns the other half of the company is former Palestinian authority security chief, Mohammed Dalan. <laughs> That's a twist. I didn't see coming. Wait, hold on, hold on. Is this like a just a really deep like promo for the next season of Sasha Baron Cohen's This Is America? I hope so. Oh man, uh, he really went deep this time. <laughs> uh, or or Homeland. I'm not sure which one yet. They're both <laughs> equally racist. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so they were hired directly by the UAE to put together a special oper- uh, a special operations team to work inside Yemen. Um, so the story that was told is that these two met with a UAE prince, uh, and then suddenly, boom, spear operations group is formed. Uh huh. So what's more likely to me is that they were contacted to put together a death squad, and then they're like, okay, now we're a PMC. <laughs> like Jesus. they're a shell company for the UAE government. Yeah. yeah. Um, but at the same time, since the U.S. government is funneling billions and billions of dollars into the UAE for defense, uh, they're also a shell company for the U.S. government, effectively, uh, because so. everybody involved with it, with the exception of Delon, is a United States citizen. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, so of all the groups currently operating in Yemen, you would think uh, the UAE would be putting together a hit squad to go against the Houthis or somebody else. You'd be wrong. Nope. Uh, the well, team- go- this this goes into the whole like North Yemen, South Yemen thing, right? Uh, kind of. Um, the team's main target was going to be uh, a group known a group known as Al Isla or the Yemeni Congregation of Reform. It's a political party. Um, Yemen and Saudi Arabia blacklisted the party for affiliation with the Muslim Brotherhood, who they consider a, a terrorist organization. Uh, ironically. Yeah. Yeah. So ironically, Al Isla was formed and bankrolled by the Saudis in the early 90s. Um, Classic. And it should be noted that Al Isla is not a militia group. It is a political party, uh, a political party whose head has won the Nobel Peace Prize. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A party uh, that was vocally against the coalition's intervention in the Civil War. Uh, So you can see why they're being targeted. They're not being targeted because they're a terrorist group or a militia group. They have no active, like this isn't like um, a Sin Fin IRA situation where they're like the political wing of a militia. They have no militia. Right. They talk with militias, sure. But like when you're a political party in the middle of a civil war, you're going to talk with militias. Mm-hmm. Also, it should be noted that Al-Isla is not pro-Houthi or pro-Salah. Like they just want the civil war to end. <laughs> right, right. 
So uh, in rec- uh, recruiting this team, Golan informed everybody they'd be getting a budget of $1.5 million a month, along with bonuses for every kill. <laughs> uh, what that bonus was, he never lets on. Uh, but sure. because these are stand-up gentlemen, Golan said that all the all Isla target list must come from uniformed UAE military officers and intelligence. Uh, now Golan stay, states this is for judicial reasons, like to cover their ass. Like we weren't some rogue team operating; like we were literally contracted by the UAE government. Uh, now, if you remember from our last episode, who was the head of the Uni- United Arab Emirates <laughs> Special Forces? That's uh. right. This yeah. means that the target list given to foreign mercenaries was actually put together by the commander of the UAE Special Forces Intelligence and Presidential Guard, Mike fucking Hindmarsh. Which is an extremely Arab name. Yes. Uh, and also the the target cards given to um, one of the members of the squad uh, interviewed by BuzzFeed has the crest of the UAE Presidential Guard on the corner of it. So <laughs> Mike Hindmarsh was operating a death squad. <laughs> A foreigner was operating a death squad of foreigners for a foreign government. I mean, I guess once you've break it, broken one law, like, you know, yeah. you might as well just go all the way. Like, why stop at jaywalking when you can end at death squads? <laughs> sure. I mean, uh, a traffic ticket is a gateway drug to murder. Uh, <laughs> I mean, honestly, if you're Mike Henmarsh at this point, you've already sold your soul to the devil. Like, he's already, before oh, this death squad ever got put together, he had already been committing awful war crimes. <laughs> Yeah, this one is just the most easily connected one directly back to his agency. Uh, Yeah. Now, uh, this might surprise a lot of our listeners and maybe even Travis, uh, but a lot of people were smart enough to stay away from go on in a sales pitch uh, because it sounded illegal as fuck. Uh, One CIA agent that he uh, so the CIA has what's called the uh, paramilitary division and Mm -hmm. they were and he was approached by Golan for this job. He said in the interview, quote, it sounded like he was putting together a fucking murder squad. <laughs> uh, and most people, uh, even shady characters that we shit talk a lot like Navy SEALs and Green Berets, uh, they generally did not sign up to straight up murder people in cold blood. They're certainly out there. One of them's on trial right now. Uh, but yeah. the vast majority did not. So what he got instead was something of a group of rejects. <laughs> right. Members of the team include a guy who used to work with the CIA's ground branch, uh, which is effectively a different name for the paramilitary branch. Another was a special forces sergeant, in the Maryland Army National Guard, Isaac Gilmore. Uh, uh, so the, the, the special forces sergeant of the, of the National Guard, he, he was still in the National Guard when this happened. Uh, Isaac Gilmore is one of the SEALs who signed on the team, had been kicked out of the SEALs for accidentally shooting someone on a training mission. his last job before signing on with Golan was an executive for an artisanal tequila company (laughs) (laughs) Christ another was a veteran of SEAL Team 6 his name was Daniel Corbett uh, who had served multiple combat tours in Iraq and Afghanistan and he was still in the reserves Uh, so technically along with the uh, National Guard gentlemen the US military could deploy him at any moment and he was collecting a government salary and uh, both of them are actually supposed to report for monthly drills but they were both in Yemen on private contractor work for a foreign military instead Uh, the, the team was assembled and flown to UAE military base where they met with UAE officers who gave them a target list. It was a stack of 23 different names and faces and grid coordinates for where they lived or possibly went to work. Nowhere on the list was a reason given for the team why they wanted them dead. And Gilmore admits he never asked. Uh, on the top of each was the uh, patch of the UAE Presidential Guard. They are also also given official ranks within the UAE military, with Golan being named a colonel and Gilmore being a lieutenant colonel. <laughs> and it's funny Great. because, like, Gilmore, before he was, like, an E6 in the Navy. <laughs> uh, it isn't known how many people they succeeded in killing. Uh, before everything went to shit. Uh, but Golan insists they went through several missions for reasons he would not point out any of the people he had a hand in killing on the list. Um, but since we can't speculate on what they did do, let's talk about what we know they did because it was recorded via drone and then published on the internet. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And that was the attempted assassination of Ansif Ali Mayo, the local leader of al Inzla. Uh, their plan was to attach a bomb to the door of his office, which lay in downtown Aden. 
the bomb was supposed to be big enough to kill everybody in the office. Uh, since we're talking about it, you can assume that did not happen. <laughs> uh, and now that all everything that we know comes from firsthand uh, accounts and drone footage, we'll publish the video on the Twitter page. But uh, it's really interesting because it's very obviously not a Spear Operations Group drone; it's a UAE military drone, yeah. um, and it's armed. Like <laughs> according to uh, like the the subtitles or or the heads up display, it's also armed. So uh, they were flying an armed drone in support of a mercenary squad. Interesting yeah. uh, combination there. Well, also, aren't there UAE army vehicles like accompanying the yes. uh, the yeah. operations group? We're not sure what unit they came from, but we're. But I'm going to make the semi-educated guess that they were presidential guard members. Yeah, there's like uh, they have like civilian pickup trucks which carry the spear operations group dudes. And then you have like giant AMRAPs that are carrying uh, UAE soldiers, one of whom managed to shoot himself. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the convoy of vehicles arrived at 9.57 p.m. just as it was planned. A member of the team got out of their armored SUV to plant the bomb when another member of the team randomly opened fire in something in the distance. Uh, at no point. Uh, does the drone footage show anybody shooting at them? Gilmore himself said he shot at something, but he isn't sure what exactly. But he, <laughs> but he cannot remember taking fire. Um, for then, for reasons that aren't entirely clear whatsoever, one of the team members blows up the SUV they brought with them. Uh, Gilmore <laughs> claims this was to cover up the sound of their bomb going off, but this doesn't make much sense, uh, <laughs> as they had been randomly shooting off guns in the middle of the night in downtown Aden. Um, also, they're like, it's a bomb. Why are you going to cover up the sound of a bomb with another bomb? Yeah, and like it's it's Aiden, it's Yemen. Like they, it's not like explosions or gunfire are like, like what? And it's just right. there's literally nothing about it that makes any sense. Yeah, I I don't know what the fuck is going on. In the, like even their explanations make no goddamn sense. Um, it's Aiden. Yemen in the middle of a civil war, a bomb going off. And that, this isn't like a 500 pound bomb they're planting. It's like a shape charge that goes on a fucking door. It's probably much smaller than the hourly Saudi and UAE airstrikes hitting the city. Yeah. Uh, so when the bomb went off, it leveled the building. Um, the team jumped in the remaining vehicles and hauled ass without ever getting proof that Mayo was dead. Uh, it turns out that not only did they not kill Mayo, but the building was empty. Uh, the only casualty in the operation was a UAE soldier who shot himself in the foot jumping out of the truck. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite I, part of the, whole, the whole thing. The whole thing was reported. Yeah. Yeah, the whole thing was That's reported. Like, and if you watch the video, you see like a UAE soldier eat shit as soon as he jumps out of the yeah. truck. And I had no idea yeah. why until I read this. <laughs> he accidentally blew his foot off <laughs> and remember these are like presidential guard dudes like these um, are the best these are the pinnacle of the uae fucking military yeah, i don't know i mean granted it's for me it's an uneducated assumption but i feel like this video is kind of what you can show people who like all they've ever all they know about like special forces or special spe special operations units or like uh the like american movies like um what is that navy seal movie that was so terrible oh um, fuck the one where they had the actual seals as yeah, actors oh that was so seals. bad or uh, like uh any like Mark something Wahlberg valor movie. something valor yeah, active valor active, active valor. valor there it yeah. is for all they've seen is active valor and zero dark 30 so their assumption of special forces units are like these like really badass dudes with beards who uh who just like wear a cool like super tactical shit and like all they're doing is like being like hella operator as fuck but yeah. like a lot of what they're doing is war crimes and shooting themselves in the foot uh or shooting their friends on tra during training exercises <laughs> on accident yeah um, or like they couldn't possibly ever fuck things up even though they like crashed yeah. a helicopter into a wall <laughs> in a bottom <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean don't get me wrong these guys are incredibly highly trained i would never like I, I was in the army for almost 10 years and i they're gonna kick my fucking ass 10 times out of 10 oh, sure. but yeah. but like the the concept that these guys can do nothing wrong and they need like this is a good oversight like good version of like how they operate with no oversight whatsoever <laughs> like yeah, well, it's like what, what what matters is is not so much like 
how super badass operator your unit is, but like, is the mission like well planned, well organized, and like worth it? And like, do your do your guys actually know what they're doing and like why? Because then I feel like even you know if you've got guys who aren't like the most operator people in the world, like they're they're more likely to carry it out if like the organization, the oversight, and the uh, the morale and all that stuff is good. But when you've got guys who all they've done is like go through intense training in the U.S. and then get paid you know two hundred grand to be a desk squad in Yemen, like yeah. the incentive to like actually really do a good job isn't there. And, and like we didn't talk about it, and I kind of glossed over it. But uh, these guys are getting paid around ten thousand dollars a month. Uh, okay. And uh, you know, from the get go, uh, most of these guys knew that Spear Operations Group, and more specifically, Golan, was full of shit. Um, they don't yeah. really ever talk about Dalan, the the Palestinian security guy. He wasn't in UAE. He seems to be like the guy who hooked Golan up with the UAE uh, military, but. Um, uh, like when they got there, Gilmore talks about they were given like rusted over old fucking shitty AKs <laughs> and like trucks that didn't run because it really seemed like nothing but like a money laundering scheme for Galan. Like right. they were given uh, his budget was over a million dollars a month. And then he's giving them like these shitty old weapons. He found a ditch somewhere like all that money went <laughs> somewhere. Uh, yeah. And uh, like <clears throat> and it, it, it's telling where. You know, per- personally, going into this episode, I kind of figured with that kind of money floating around, like there would be more, you know, tier one personnel that would have bought on because, you know, recent news stories suggest, uh, people, you know, the people who are considered the supposed to be considered the quiet professionals, quote unquote, which I, I know I can't shit talk them for all the book that. deals because I literally wrote a book about my deployment too. But, uh, <laughs> well, at least you weren't a fucking quiet professional. You were just an armor grunt. Like, yeah, I never claimed to be a quiet or uh, be quiet or yeah. a professional. So that's my, that's my defense mechanism. <laughs> but, uh, I assume that there, there would be much easier to recruit the team. So I guess we can, yeah. we can thank Golan for one thing. And that is like, thanks for, sparking a little bit more confidence in the moral compass of our nation's special <laughs> operations forces, I guess. Uh, yeah. As, as Fox news puts the war criminals on uh, TV to say that like what they need to be doing is actually shooting more civilians. Yeah. That, that was today. Um, I know this episode yeah. is going to come out on Monday. So really, so today we were, there was an episode about a, uh, a Fox news segment where uh, Duncan Hunter the vaping congressman who uh, defrauded his own campaign to fly a rabbit across the country uh, was talking about <laughs> that is a sentence I can say I never thought I was going to say on record. But uh, he's the the, the like five thousand dollars in Steam games guy, right? Yeah, yeah. And if that was the yeah, whole story, I'd be like, all right, I get it. But <laughs> like, <laughs> I bought three games on Steam yesterday, and I, I don't even know why. But. Uh, he was saying uh, in defense of the the Navy SEAL who stabbed a wounded ISIS fighter to death, who was 15 years old, mind you, uh, that, you know, politicians, uh, they just want the military to operate within the fucking rules of engagement. Which yeah, is, that's the fucking point of the rules of engagement, dude. Jesus. Right. Otherwise, you turn into fucking house bombing death squads in Yemen or like yeah. you, you stab 15 year old kids to death and like. Yeah, the the whole thing is is insane, and that's the the kind of slowly moving wall of uh, morality. I th- I think is is why I still, even though we're supposed to be a history show, technically, like I still find myself talking about a fuckload of stuff in the last twenty years, because like yeah. even uh you know seventy years ago in the American army, like it would be kind of unheard of to stab to death a child soldier, like. You know, well, I, I, don't, I, mm, I don't think we should say that considering like what the U.S. military did in like the Pacific with captured Japanese soldiers or well, most of them weren't child soldiers, to be fair. <laughs> uh, that's pro- OK. Child soldiers. Fair. That's probably they probably weren't child soldiers. But I, I don't think we should be uh, trying to claim that like the the moral superiority of the previous U.S. Army and uh like oh, I'm, not, uh, I'm definitely not talking okay. about Vietnam, uh, but <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, when you, is it, well, let me re- actually, let me rephrase that further. 
uh, if you look at the brutality that was going on in the the Pacific Theater and look at the the, the surprising lack of brutality that was going on in the Western Front, I mean, there's yeah. there's definitely certain arguments there to be made between racism and uh, the fact that the Germans yeah. definitely oh, treated the Allies better captured than the the Japanese did. Like the Japanese ate people (laughs) Uh, just like the germans treated american troops way better than they treated soviet troops right because they weren't slavic but like you know it's you you see uh movies um like saving private ryan is actually a good example where someone was literally stabbed to death and and he was a villain for doing it (laughs) and like you fast forward to fox news in 2019 and they're like yeah so what he stabbed a guy (laughs) yeah yeah I mean, it, it, it's just a weird level of dehumanization that comes with, um, Absolutely. with like military worship and fascism, I think like, cause yeah, it, it was acceptable for someone in a militarized society to do that because they, you know, they're snidely whiplash levels of evil and they were the Huns <laughs> or they're, you know, the, the whoever, but now it's like, it's that, that weird, uh, I, I still don't even know what stand up that was, whether it's the two guys in the fucking Toten coffee uniforms, like. So you think we're the uh, bad guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's that's yeah. kind of how I feel whenever I read one of these stories. I'm like, oh, we're getting closer to that. Um, and then like, <laughs> you know, you have Marines flying SS flags and shit. <laughs> uh, but in closing of this episode, uh, the, I told you the only casualty was that soldier who shot himself. And after that operation, right. uh, Gilmore uh, bailed. And uh, so, like, he wanted nothing more to do with this. He got the fuck out. Um, and then he spelled his guts to BuzzFeed about Spear Operations Group. <laughs> uh, now, if you're thinking he ran because he realized, mother of God, what am I doing running around downtown and blowing up buildings? Like, this is clearly fucked. His only regret is that they were not more aggressive during their operations in Yemen. <laughs> <laughs> the only regret is that they didn't do more murder. Yeah, yeah, you know, we could have solved this with killing a lot more people than we did. Uh, and that's the thing is, like, he still wants to, like, I don't, I can't talk about that. Like, he probably has some, like, horrifically in-depth, uh, uh, yeah. you know, don't talk about it contract with the UAE government, where if he yeah. says anything on record, some of the other dude from his team's going to visit him in his house, and you know, he's going to accidentally shoot himself twice in the back of the head. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... <laughs> And the uh, weird ending to this story, and because we somehow ended up talking about Duncan Hunter, uh, Gilmore now runs a vape company in California. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I feel like all of these, the, the, the shitty. Uh, okay, is it called like Black Rifle Vape or something? <laughs> it's it's a fucking vape pen with like picking any rail systems and shit on it. <laughs> yeah, you get to attach like a you know attach your you know. ACOG scope to your vape so that you can uh, blow like really tactical vape rings when you. I don't really know how vaping works, but I don't either. You do the vape thing and the smoke comes out. It's tactical. You know what the difference between our pen and our leading competitor's pen is? Ours has a bayonet lug. <laughs> and each pen is dipped in raw pork before we give it to you so you can stick it to Haji and get trichinosis. Yeah, if you want extra racism with your vape so that <laughs> women never talk to you. <laughs> and that the only people you're ever able to talk to are other shitty racist veterans. And eventually you become lonelier and lonelier. And then, well, okay, I don't actually really want to continue down that joke. It's a little too dark. Yeah, then you just end up vaping in a VA parking lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, like, there's, you know, the the, the added attachment of... Um, a tiny Velcro American flag is uh, is an extra ten dollars. Backward, backwards American flag that's gray and green. Yes, uh, because uh, colors are, are for soy boys. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, not a lot of information can be found uh, about current operations in Yemen, but we can probably assume that Spear Operations Group and multiple other companies just like it are continuing to disappear people to this day. And uh, that is our incredibly <laughs> depressing series on the on the yeah. Yemeni civil war, and and even like, then we just scratched the surface. Yeah, we'll never know how many people um, have will have died in the war in Yemen, be they Yemeni uh, citizens or like um, Salvadorian mercenaries, or you know. Sudanese people kidnapped on the Hajj and pressed into service or anything like that. Like we, 
We'll never know. Um, the numbers are gonna are far higher than whatever the official number may be. Um, and uh, they continue climbing, and it's only going to get worse as time passes and as nothing is done. Um, and also, like I guess to end on a little bit of a moralizing note, um, the war could end at any time. The moment the U.S. government decides to actually do even like a modicum of uh, pressure on the Saudi government by ceasing arms sales, ceasing maintenance and stuff like that, or logistics or stopping funding for the UAE military and stuff like that. The moment any of that happens, the war in Yemen's over. Um, but we don't do that because we make a lot of money off of it. And uh, it helps, you know, continue American interests in the Middle East, whatever they may be. Yeah. Um, we created and so the war's a- going to get worse. Yo, I mean, well, they sat down for peace talks not that long ago. Uh, not that that will do anything because it's not in everybody's best interest that the war stops. Um, I mean, we've we've managed to bankroll a situation where someone who managed to survive the Darfur genocide went to Mecca to pray and then was pressed into service to fight alongside the guy who killed his family. Yeah, pretty Way much. to go. Um God bless America. <laughs> well, Travis, thank you for joining me on this terrible journey. Uh, maybe next thank time we'll, we'll we'll do a better topic where we <laughs> don't have to drink ourselves to sleep at night. Oh, Jesus, yeah, we'll talk <laughs> about something like really uplifting, like uh, I don't know, like the Gaza War or something like that. Oh, that's that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. All right, man. Well, uh, follow Travis uh, now uh, since the MSNBC has gotten a hold of us. He has 100 whole followers. So, HeyCraft underscore Travis. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's right. I mean, Nick is my technically my full-time co-host, and he only has a couple more than you. (laughs) Uh, Follow the show on Twitter if you hate yourself and want to see bad drone strike videos from Yemen at uh, lines underscore by and follow me for all your dumb shit posts at jcast99 and you can direct all of your hate mail towards haycraft underscore Travis <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm very accepting of hate mail um, <laughs> I will enjoy sending you pictures of the pig pooping on its own balls I believe it's our patron saint it's it's like the CIA and then the pig pooping in its balls I'm, I'm, I'm actually yeah. a really big fan of the picture of the guy balancing between two walls and shitting and pissing all over himself oh that, yeah that's a good one <laughs> also um, shout out here to the uh, the Barzani family the uh, eternal patrons of the Kurdistan <laughs> uh, regional government and uh, specifically Natchirvan and Masrur Barzani the president and prime minister of the Kurdistan regional government specifically and uh Special thanks to the uh, Asayish and Paristan in particular. Yeah. Uh, uh, and also, we have had nine electricity for the last nine hours. So, special thanks to the Airbill Governorate Directorate of Electricity. And I would like to thank the United States Air Force for not destroying their infrastructure further. Uh, <laughs> and with that, we will see you next week. Hi, this is Nate Bethay, and I'm the producer of the Lions Led by Donkeys podcast. This show is brought to you by Audible. And as it just so happens, Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash donkeys and browse the selection of audio programs. Download a title for free and start listening. Once again, that's www.audibletrial.com forward slash donkeys to get started.